It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know what this experimenting actually is for the Orlando Magic, but I know what it should be. We're well into the fourth quarter of the season. Well, not well, but we're into the fourth quarter of the season now, and the Magic are maybe not on the up and up. We'll dive in on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 7th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about the Magic's aim to do some experimenting here at the end of the season, changing up some lineups, changing up some rotations. What that seems to be meaning, uh, as we've gone through a couple games now with with this quote-unquote experimentation, and what it should mean coming up today. Plus, we'll dive into how the Magic's offense is starting to show improvement and starting to come together after Friday's win over the Toronto Raptors. We'll ignore Saturday's loss to the Memphis Grizzlies a little bit. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's the first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's during your lunch break, whether it's while you work out, whenever, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's great Locked On podcasts everywhere. Search for every download podcast for Locked On, the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. After Wednesday's loss to the Indiana Pacers, Jamal Mosley um, kind of broached this idea um, that he would be using the final quarter of the season, the last 20 or so games, uh, to experiment a little bit with lineups and rotations. Um, trying out a few different combinations, seeing how different groups work and play together, and just trying to get data points and, 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 and ideas of how different lineups would work. The Magic are essentially eliminated from playoffs. Not quite yet. Where I think the Magic number is three for elimination from the playoffs. Um, so they'll hit that um, probably this week. Um, but... Yes, the Magic are essentially eliminated from playoffs. Everything the Magic should be doing should have some eye on the future. There's nothing really to lose over doing this kind of mini experimenting, you know, taking a look at different lineups, giving Ignis Prasdakis and Admiral Schofield a, a chance just to see what they look like in meaningful minutes. It is plenty noted that, yes, Gary Harris played about 10 minutes in Wednesday's loss to the Indiana Pacers. Terrence Ross was a DNPCD, coach's decision. Uh, in Friday's win over the Toronto Raptors. And then Gary Harris was a DNPCD and Saturday's loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. So call it what you will. And yes, I, I would agree. It does smell a little bit like a cover for help, you know, kind of 
not playing players that will help this team win a little bit. Um, call it what you will then, but this is a direction the Magic are going to head. This is a direction the Magic are going to try and do. And and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, Y'all know me. I am anti the T word. Um, you know, again, I will remind everyone, you send me a tank, Jeff, I will mute you. Um, I don't want, I, I, I don't believe in that. Um, I, 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 I don't think that they should be doing that, but I do think there is value in trying out some of these lineups. I do think there is value in seeing, okay, what happens if we give Admiral, Admiral Schofield a consistent role and see what he can do on the court? What happens if we give Ignas Perzdekis a consistent role? And yes, that probably is going to go exactly how we think it's going to go. Um, now I'm not going to sit here and say that I think either player is, is going to change the world or, or make the roster next year, but um, it, it is worth doing. Those guys have put in the work. I was a bench warmer my entire playing career. I would have killed for an opportunity. I would have killed for an opportunity just to have some meaningful minutes um, just to see if I can make it. And, and, and just knowing that I can't make it would have been valuable for me. I probably knew that already, but um, obviously that's, 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 that's kind of how it goes for, for guys at the end of the bench. You, you, you wait for your opportunity and the magic are flush with opportunity. Like they were at the end of last season. Having said that though, um, I, I can't say that I like the way the magic are going about it because right now it does feel like this experimenting, this, this idea of trying out new lineups of trying out different things is simply a cover for the team's tanking efforts, um, for the team trying to maintain its hold over the worst record in the league uh, and get to get to um, draft lottery day with the best chance of landing the first pick, or at least getting a, t- or at least guaranteeing themselves a top five pick, something they were not able to do last year. They only fell to the top five because the other three teams are uh, the other because two of the teams that had the t- top odds at the lottery won the lottery, and the Magic did not. Again, that's why I don't trust the lottery. So. What I've been seeing and how the Magic are experimenting with these lineups and experimenting with these rotations is they're simply throwing Brzezakis and Schofield out there and not really putting them in a position to see. Before we get into the guys we care about, if part of the goal is to see what these guys can do, I don't feel like they're being put in that position to succeed. Part of that is because the Magic are short on forwards right now. And so they're playing, they played Schofield at the four, they played Brzezakis at the four. Um, and they're just not good enough for it. On top of that, those guys are playing in lineups where they're asked to create a little bit more, um, where they're playing alongside Markel Fultz, who's you know obviously still recovering, and 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 it's not setting Fultz up for success either. Um, I, I think this is where you should use your veterans a little bit, where you should use Gary Harris and Terrence Ross to kind of stabilize these lineups and really put these guys in a position where you can learn something about them. Saturday's loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, a blowout loss. There was really nothing to learn. And some of that is because of the injuries. The Magic were without Wendell Carter, without Jalen Suggs. So their lineup was stretched a little bit thin. Um, you know, RJ Hampton was in the starting lineup. And if you're deciding not to play Gary Harris, you're already playing with one hand tied, tied behind your back. Um, you know, you're playing without Wendell Carter too. So you start Chumo Kiki, which is the right decision. Um, but... Now you're relying heavily on Mo Wagner off the bench. At, at, at I'd ra- almost rather play Mo Wagner and Robin Lopez together and let Schofield and Berstekas play positions and roles that they're used to. And that's really the key here. If the Magic are really going to experiment with these lineups, then you have to do lineups and you have to do roles that are actually going to be part of your team's future, that are actually going to preview 
how you want to play and how you want to use these players. I cannot imagine the Magic want Admiral Schofield to be a power forward. Those minutes are, 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 are out of necessity. And frankly, they're not out of necessity because the Magic are choosing to play him in those minutes, are choosing to play him in that role. The same thing with Rosdakis. Now, again, I'm not here saying that either are going to make the Magic's roster or either are going to be part of the team's future, but that seems to be a focus for the Magic moving forward. So if the Magic are going to experiment with lineups, if the Magic are going to try and do different things and try different rotations, different playing groups together, make it worth it. Make it part of the team's future. We all want to see a Franz Wagner at center lineup. The Magic have done a few of those. That's an experiment worth having. That's an experiment worth trying. Putting Franz Wagner and Chumo Kiki on the front line with even a, a Gary Harris at the three or um, or you know our, the three guard lineup. That stuff's worth trying. That stuff's worth seeing if it can work. Obviously, Jalen Suggs was out on, on Saturday, but playing the three guard lineup with Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz together, to me, that's worth exploring. We want to see Markel Fultz play with Jalen Suggs, but if you're going to do that, set them up for success. Do it with Wendell Carter. Do it with Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner's good, good enough to kind of stabilize things and know where he's supposed to be. Do it with things that are going to set it up for success. You can actually look at the data. You can actually look at how they play and say, okay, there's something here. If we want to do this, we got to tweak it so we add more shooting or we add uh, a, a, a rebounder or a good screener like Wendell Carter. Obviously, it's tougher to do this when you're hurt, when your roster's already stretched thin uh, and, and your depth is already hurting. The Magic don't have a lot of depth to begin with. And so... What the Magic did Saturday, and again, the Magic got the doors blown off them. A terrible second quarter. Gave up a ton of fast break points. I think it was 34 fast break points for the Grizzlies. Um, just a terrible matchup for Orlando. Orlando did the right things, playing at a faster pace and kind of sticking to their guns and sticking to the way that they want to play. But Memphis simply does that better than Orlando can, um, especially considering how hurt Orlando was in this game. Um, you're not going to learn a lot. These games are not simply playing it out to the string. The Magic should not be thinking, we are playing to the end of the season. We're just trying to get to the end of the season, and that's it. No one on the team will say that, and no one should think that. This time should be valuable. This time should be about building good habits again, building that identity, building the way you want to play, and building playing groups you want to see play together down the line. So if the Magic are intent on experimenting, the experiments must have purpose. The experiments must be set up for success. They can't just simply be a cover for a team that's trying to collect ping pong balls or a team that's trying to collect number combinations and set themselves up for the lottery. No one really wants to see that. No, some fans say they want that, but when they actually watch, watch it happen, it is terrible. It is stuff like Saturday night in Memphis. It's not good, and it doesn't help anyone's development and growth. If that's really what this team is about, then the team needs to be about that. Playing Markel Fultz in the lineups that he was playing with on Saturday ain't gonna help Markel. Markel doing really good things. Um, you know, like I looked up the stat for another article I was writing. Markel Fultz has 11.3 potential assists per game this year. That's second on the team. Cole Anthony for the entire season is at 11.5 potential assists per game playing twice as many minutes as Marco Fultz. So Fultz is moving the ball really, really well. He's setting up players to get shots. And Orlando missed a lot of shots out of There's a big reason why they lost as well. Um, but playing Markel Fultz in lineups with 
you know, Terrence Ross helps for sure with Verzdakis, with Schofield, you know, to some, you know, Mo Wagner's fine, but those lineups aren't helping Orlando. Those lineups aren't helping Fultz. You got to set these guys up for success. And even if it means manipulating your rotation, changing your rotation up a little bit to emphasize, uh, to, to make sure that every moment on the floor has some productive value to it. Um, we talked about the zero lineups earlier in the season. Jamal Mosley is still learning how to craft a rotation. It's very, very clear that, that he's still kind of learning. He found a little groove with, with his group when he was healthy. Now that he's trying to tinker and experiment a little bit with it, you're beginning to see how, how he's still struggling to kind of craft those rotations. And that's, that's really, really important. So the Magic are going to do this experimenting. They're going to play Schofield. They're going to play Bersdakis. Don't be surprised by that. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But as they begin to tinker, as they begin to move guys around, as they begin to think about things again, think about things in a new way, they have to be smart about it. They have to have purpose behind it. They have to know exactly what they're hoping to see. We'll talk a little bit about how the offense is starting to come around and find its way here in just a moment. But First, this is the time of year where we've all pretty much given up on those New Year's resolutions. Um, you know, the, the the bike is staring at me right now saying, why didn't you ride me last night? Well, it's bit, life gets busy, man. Life gets super, super busy. I apologize. But we're all going to get back on that metaphorical and physical bike and try and be better. Try and get back into our res- resolutions no matter what they are. And Built Bar is here to help with that. It's the best protein bar on the market, best protein bar that I've had because it is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So it replaces those high-calorie candy bars with some delicious protein-infused chocolate. So, yeah, if you haven't yet, try Built Bar today, whether it's the regular Built Bar or the Puffs. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I actually had a Built Puff yesterday. It was delicious. Puffs are fan favorites and come incredible flavors like yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. They're going to be your new favorites. And all the built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so you get that chocolate fix you need with low calories and high protein instead of the bad stuff that you get from regular chocolate. Most built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They come in great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they will make it, and it'll be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We 
We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast with nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Um, obviously, the Orlando Magic got kind of kind of wrecked against Memphis on Saturday. The final score in that game was 124 to 96. It was not really even that close. Memphis, like I said, it's kind of a really bad matchup because they do everything Orlando wants to do just a whole lot better. Um, they're a really, really good team. And you know, I, I had a few fans say like, well, this is a really bad loss. And it's just like, well, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to Memphis anyway. Memphis is just, Memphis is a, a, on another stratosphere uh, as Orlando. And, and I do want to, I, I think we should give Orlando some credit. Um, they play their style. Um, and, and I think that's really, really important right now. This stage of the team's development, playing your style, even if the opponent is going to do it better, uh, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's about cementing that identity, cementing how you want to play. And, and I would say, for the most part, Orlando did a good job of that. Um, second quarter, they got loose. They made, they missed a lot of shots. They started turning the ball over a little bit, but they didn't turn the ball over that much. Um, considering Memphis did have 34 pass break points, Orlando still only had like 12 turnovers in the game. So, uh, you know, I, they, the big thing was they missed shots and Memphis turned those missed shots into fast breaks. So it's really more about Orlando getting back in transition, which they've generally been good at this year, but obviously uh, struggling a bit at the moment. Let's talk, though, about Friday's game against the Raptors. Uh, that was a much happier game, obviously, Orlando defeating the Raptors, uh, it, de- defeating the Raptors 103 to 97. Um, and, and it was a game to me that really began to exemplify how the Magic are trying to play and, and the way the Magic are trying to play their offense and, 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 and attack. Um, yes, Orlando scored only 103 points. They shot worse than 40%. It was the second worst, I think it was the second worst field goal percentage the Magic have had in a win this year, only topping the win over Brooklyn, which again was in the midst of the massive COVID outbreak among the league. Um, but despite all that, you know, unlike the Memphis game where the Magic missed shots, but they're deep, they kind of let go of the rope defensively, they couldn't they couldn't match defensively. Orlando really stuck with their offense in this game, um, and even though the shots weren't going in, they were able to get stops. They were able to kind of stay in, in tune defensively, but they were able to kind of stay in the game, stay in control of the game because their offense really started to flex its muscle. They're really starting to figure some things out offensively. Um, look again. Orlando's offense was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but they still totaled 24 assists on 36 field goals. The team added 53 potential assists. They averaged 46.6 potential assists per game, according to NBA.com's tracking stats. They're moving the ball really well. And even though they're, they, they shot just eight for 20, they, even though they shot really poorly and they shot really poorly when, when they were open, they're getting a ton of open shots. Orlando had 50, Shots with the, where the closest defender was four or more feet away, according to NBA.com. All this is just continuing a lot of trends that we've seen with the offense. Orlando, over the last 15 games, is playing at the fastest pace in the league. They get the most possessions for 48 minutes. And now, obviously, that's come with some hiccups. The team turns the ball over a little bit more. The team is, you know, getting out in transition a little bit more. Their, their fast break points are up from about 10 per game to about 13 or 14 per game, which is a pretty big bump up. Um, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of things a whole lot better. Um, the ball is starting to move a little bit. There's a little bit of a flow. There's a little bit of a groove. Um, and, and the Magic are starting to play better offensively. 
Um, their offensive rating obviously is around 104 points for 100 possessions. Um, they're 29th in the league in offensive rating, but um, over the last 15 games, they're up to around 107. Now that still puts them at 28th or 27th, so they're not like climbing the rankings. So again, this is all qualified as this offense still has a long way to go, but the raw number is better um, and, and shows a sign of improvement. Like I said, like we've been talking about lately, they seem to have found this this identity that they want to they want to play at, and the speed and this pace they want to play at, um, and they seem to be taking steps in that direction. So what does it all mean? What does it all mean? Well, Orlando is starting to kind of put those pieces together. And that, and that's exactly what we want to see. We want to see the magic put those pieces together. We want to see the magic become a, 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 a more whole team uh, and have a distinct offensive style. And while the, the, the results may not be there or, or the numbers may not be catching up to what we're seeing, when the Magic play really good offense, when the Magic are pushing the pace, when the Magic are doing all the things that they need to do, they are they can't have a potent attack. And obviously, just like it was Saturday, just like it was Friday, just like it is every night, they got to make shots. Making shots is, is just a huge deal and is still the biggest weakness for the team. Uh, in that game against uh, Toronto, Orlando made, I think, only... Uh, 18 of 50 shots with the closest defender was 40 or more feet or four more feet away from them. 36%. That's just about where the magic average is slightly below average uh, for the team in terms of making open shots. It's hard to win when you don't make open shots, but the point is the magic starting to generate those open shots. The point is the magic are starting to get those open looks. They're playing at a faster pace. They're playing more confidently uh, and they are taking those steps in the right direction. It's all good signs to me. It's some, it, it's definitely something that I think the Magic are improving on and getting better at. And obviously the defense has had to catch up to, to the pace that they're playing. And, and, I, and I think we're starting to see that as well. We'll talk a little bit more about the week ahead as the Orlando Magic have a tough week coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, coverage, and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
The Orlando Magic will have a difficult week ahead of them um, as they prepare for the end of the season. 12 of their final 17 games will be at the Amway Center. They'll get a couple of those this week. They actually um, they finished this back-to-back against uh, Toronto and Memphis. The Magic only have one more pair of road games, consecutive road games, the rest of the season. Um, they will so essentially they will be at home for the rest of the season. A couple day trips out to out to some team, just one more road trip. The one more like extended, not extended, but longer road trip. Not even longer. One more multi day road trip ahead for the Orlando Magic. Um, so a lot of games coming up at the Amway Center. A lot of opportunity to pick up wins because Orlando has played its best when it's had time at home, which is what you expect. Orlando is still. Uh, has the worst home record in the league. They have the fewest home home wins in this in the league by two. They've only got seven home wins. They got nine road wins. Um, so definitely establishing a home court is something the Magic wanted to do this year, um, relatively, of course. Um, they haven't really done that, but this is going to be an interesting week for Orlando. It's going to be a tough week indeed. Orlando will play the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday. The Phoenix fresh off. Phoenix is playing without Devin Booker right now um, as he goes through the health and safety protocols or without Chris Paul, obviously with the hand injury, but Phoenix is still very, very potent. They had a nice win against New York on Friday. They, they lost to Milwaukee in a close game yesterday. Um, they're going to be still a very dangerous team, even though they're down a bunch uh, down a bunch of players right now. Um, and of course, there's still the potential that Devin Booker is able to make his way back uh, before Tuesday's game, um, just because of the timing, uh, depending on how, whether he's able to get out of health and safety protocols. Orlando then does a back-to-back. They'll play Wednesday at New Orleans. New Orleans, don't you know? Don't look now. New Orleans is, is trying to sneak into the play-in tournament. Ever since the CJ McCollum trade, they've been playing a lot better. They've been probably the the most explosive offense since the since the All Star break. So this is going to be a very very tough game. It's obviously not the same New Orleans team that Orlando feels they owe one after falling apart in the fourth quarter of that game at Amway Center. Um, but New Orleans is playing really really well. It's going to be a very very tough matchup for the Magic. Then they play Minnesota. On Friday, Minnesota's playing really, really well as well. They're in the playoff hunt for the first time in a while. Really good young roster team that I've said the Magic need to kind of model their season after. They struggled to start last season. Picked up pace as Anthony Edwards got more comfortable uh, later in the season. Um, played really, really well. Um, and so, you know, I, I, and obviously they've kind of springboarded that into a, a playoff, into a potential playoff berth here in the Western Conference. Then next Sunday, Orlando plays, ho- plays host to Philadelphia as part of a, a, an extended homestand here. Um, they'll play host to Philadelphia on Sunday. Philadelphia, the hottest team in the league. They are just killing it since they got James Harden. Um, Joel Embiid is my pick for MVP right now. So um, going to be a very, very tough match there. Then they get Brooklyn next Wednesday um, that with Kyrie Irving. Uh, then they get, uh, I, no, it's not next Wednesday. It's next Tuesday against Brooklyn. Um, and then next Thursday, First day of the NCAA tournament, they play Detroit. So a little bit of a breather there. But it's going to be a little bit of a tough go, even though the Magic will have some home games. This is probably the toughest stretch in the ske- in the schedule remaining. Um, did they play? Did they get that schedule wrong? Maybe I did. Um, they, 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 they got Oklahoma City coming up too. Um, so there will be some lighter days ahead. Uh, but Orlando definitely has their work cut out for them here in the next week uh, if they want to pick up some wins. It's going to be a little bit of a trying time, which is why getting that win Friday was so important. They needed that win Wednesday against Indiana. Just to build some confidence heading into the heading into this rough stretch, but Memphis is is asking a lot for this team. Phoenix is honestly going to be asking a lot for this team, but obviously at home, I think the Magic have a better chance. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Um, you can of course find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, 
all the full places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMB. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done with us, go make your second listen, Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Frost and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.